Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. My name is Dancy. And I'm Herfie Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. When we do the intros, I either copy Timp or I copy Herf. I don't I don't have my own thing when I say that I'm Dante. Oh really? I, just, I think there's there's a lot of strength in that. Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean They say imitation is a form of flattery, mm-hmm. so I uh, I guess I just have to, you know, follow my two mentors. And uh, comedy follows the rule of 3. You know, they always say so like you do one, you know, one thing and then another thing that's similar and then the third thing like mixes it up. So it's you're kind of doing your job and setting up her for myself by playing along so that the other person can like really pop it off. You're like alley-ooping the the comedy and the jokes. I'm just tossing it up for you and then you guys just, you know, volleyball no. spiking it right into the sand. <laughs> yeah, that's no. right. You know, it's a volleyball touchdown. That's no, I'm, how I'm real self-conscious about my intro. I think I always say, and I'm Herfy Durfy, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you do. I was wondering that too. Are you just referring to like your inflection? No, like the, the phrasing, like uh, y- you always say, uh, my name is Temp, and then I'll uh-huh. say either my name is Dante or I'll say, and I'm Dante. So like Herf always uh... says, and I'm Herfy Durfy. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I copy one of you. I just don't have my own thing. I'll have to think of something fancy next time. Well, yeah, maybe we can maybe we can do it right now. I mean, I've got nothing else going on. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> uh, what's a way? What's a way you can say your name? That's different I want than you, ours. I want you to introduce yourself by saying "Swiggity Swooty, I'm coming for that booty." <laughs> <laughs> you you want to try it? We can do it one time. All right, let's 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 pop it in and see how it feels. Uh huh. Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. Swiggity swooty, I'm coming for that booty. My name's Dante. And I'm Murphy Turfy. I don't think okay, I can Okay, I'm going to cut right here. I hate that. I hate it. I <laughs> love no, it. There's think, no flow, but it's great. I think it I, was I like amazing. It. I, I like it by itself, but when Dante does it for some reason, I, it, it, I don't like it as much. So. <laughs> oh, um uh but maybe we should move on yeah maybe we'll pr- just move on. yeah dante you've got a little bit of homework you just uh surprise us the next time with how you say it yeah and, I'll, uh, I'll think of something okay we, we can workshop some things too um so uh this time on go mode um what we're going to talk about is maybe a little bit more timely than what we typically do for features so my you know philosophy is usually try to keep those more you know, you can go back to them and kind of discuss them or listen to them when it's relevant for you. Um, this one is a little more about things that are actually going on right now. Um, there were some recent glitches that were officially approved by the Racing Council that we've talked about in passing before. This time we want to get uh, a lot more into them. I'm talking about Icebreaker, Diver Down, um, some other kind of minor ones around those. And we'll even go back and talk about Heropot since we kind of glossed over that one when it first happened too. So that is what we're going to be doing today is kind of talking about those and um, not just, you know, what they are and how to do them and pull them off and all that. But um, there's been a lot of chatter in the community since these glitches were approved by the council 
there are a lot of people who are feeling one way and then some people feeling another way. So we're going to explore that and kind of, you know, talk about uh, how, how this has sort of impacted the community and, and you know, where to go from here. Uh, but before we do that, as always, we're going to cover our news. And um, just like we said we would last time, we're going to start with ALTTPR League. We've just finished off uh, week three as of today. So, gentlemen, let's all open up the ALTTPRLeague.com website and take a quick look at the standings so far. So the way they've done this is each team has had two races each week and each uh, win is worth three points. So the maximum number of points that a team could have right now is 18. And we have a few teams that are uh, perfect so far. Dante, do you want to list off some of our perfect teams that we're looking at so far? Sure. Um, Basically, I only see two. Um, I like Big Boots, and I Mm -hmm. cannot lie. Um, I love that team name, by the way. (laughs) Um, That's they're sitting tied with kind of Rando retired at the top of the Kakariko division in the Light World Conference at 18 points. I do believe um, I'm kind of scrolling through here. Actually, no, there is another one. We got Uh, a couple more, yeah. Yeah, Error 216. Uh, atop the Misery Meyer division in Dark World Conference, as well as Team Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. They are sitting atop the Skull Woods division. And uh, Fryme will give an interview if we win atop of Village of Outcasts. That's a team name from last year that uh, kind of transferred to some different runners. So um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not confusing at all, right? Taking a <laughs> yeah. different, yeah, all three different players, the same team name. Um, but yeah, so we, we have uh, five teams that are, are perfect so far, and uh, um, it's it's been great to watch. Uh, I, I have to admit, um, if and when I am watching the league, I selfishly am really more interested in the fantasy aspect of it and the individual players and kind of how they're performing. Um, I mean, I guess watching is watching. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm you know the the viewer you know watching the races is kind of the whole reason of this and supporting the teams. But um, yeah, I, I love the fantasy aspect of it. it. It has continued to be a lot of fun, you know, watching that impact and rooting for your, you know, the, the racers on your team. Um, and I have to kind of remind myself what team they're on. A lot of times I'm, I'm really tracking more of the individuals. I would say, I don't know if I'm in the minor- minority there. And that's just, again, because of the fantasy thing. Um, but I love having the excuse for the races. One thing I really have liked is um, changing up the focus each week. That's been really cool, and that's not something we get in the tournaments usually. It's kind of just you know every series could be whatever it's going to be, or the whole tournament is set up a specific way. But it's been cool being like, okay, everyone's going to do Enemizer, so you kind of get in like an Enemizer mood for the week, and it, you right. know it's it's fun to watch that way. You know, mm-hmm. there is Speaking a way of, uh... for you. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Herf. I was just gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Speaking of the individual players and the teams, looking at the web page here, I really wish it let you click on the team names and see who's on that team. Because I was thinking that as, too. Yeah, as someone who who's not following the league super closely, I can kind of infer who's on some of the teams by the name, but most of them I have no clue whatsoever. The yeah, way the way I, you can do that. Too. You can click on the division at the top of that, and it'll it, it kind of expands that division out, and then mm-hmm. it's got all the players listed. So oh, you can I see, see it. it's it's a little. I'm not a 
personal fan of that particular thing, but overall, I think this website's pretty good. Um, it's a great website. It's awesome, it yeah. really is. It's yeah, it's, it's it, super it fear. I think it's fear who headed this and T Sigma, one of the moderators. Uh, it may be more, so if there are, I'm sorry if I'm leaving them out. I just know that the two of them have put in a ton of work with the site. The site's really good. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, tell. it looks awesome. No, no complaints there. It's just that you know a small little thing. There's always going to be people finding. You can't something. please everybody, is what it boils exactly. down to. So I know I I agree with you, Herf. Like the first thing I did, you know, when I saw the teams was like I hovered over to see if maybe there'd be a little like pop up that would have the mm-hmm. three names or something like. It was almost like I kind of just expected it and was like, wait a second, why why would I expect something like that to happen? But, yeah, it was um, the same. I wonder for if me. That, they could do that. Yeah, I think it's just because the website is so professionally designed and looks so right. good that I just expected that to happen when I'm most over the team names. I think I, yeah, I think so too. It was like oh, everything's just gonna do exactly what I think it's gonna do. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe that was also a conscious choice, you know, so that, mm-hmm. so that you do have to kind of get more behind the teams and it's not as much about the individual. I'm not sure, but, um, either way, it's been super fun to watch. Um, any other thoughts about the league? My, my fantasy team's doing okay. In case anyone wonders, we're two and one right now. Uh, attack the jokers, back the smokers. Proud of you guys. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would tell you Tim, if you're watching a restream, on either uh, you know Twitch.tv, the ALTTPR League, or any of the speed gaming channels, and you're focused on your runner, and you're like, man, I'd love to know what team they're on. If you look at the top of the restream, <laughs> there's <laughs> a big block, <laughs> and it tells you oh, that's their team name, and then it also has the runner name, and I think you're more familiar oh. with that. Uh, oh, that's so crazy! I didn't know that. Thanks, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it's good advice. Thank you. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's move on. We don't have too much to cover this time, so we're just going to kind of uh, make sure that we touch on each of these. Uh, next one up on our list to discuss is an ALTTPR throwback. Uh, so um, Zooter actually did something like this not too long ago, um, and uh, we're doing it too. And uh, Sinek uh, had this announcement for the main Discord that I'll go ahead and read. Did you know? that ALTTPR tournaments will have broadcast its first tournament race three years ago. This was the days of V18 when Hype Cave was loaded and Waterfall Fairy Cave didn't have any chests. To celebrate the three-year anniversary of ALTTPR tournament racing, a special throwback race on V18 is scheduled for March 27th at 9 p.m. EDT and March 28th at 3 p.m. EDT. These races will be played on V18 using a special instance of the randomizer at throwback.alttpr.com. These two special races will be broadcast on the Speed Gaming Network. We welcome everyone to join these races. They'll certainly be a blast from the past. So um, if you're listening to this episode uh, on the day that it releases, then you have time to jump in on that uh, on that race. So, um, Like a day. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Wait, what did you say? Like a day, right? Oh yeah, you'll have about a day or so. Yeah, so um, no, it's gonna be uh, like two or three days, right? It's on Friday. Oh yeah, it'll Saturday, be like two I days. Believe. Sure. Three, yeah, four, five, six. Yeah, so this this episode comes out on the twenty fifth, and then the race is for the twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so you've got some uh, some time to get in there. I was gonna ask uh, if either of you are familiar with the implications of v18 i don't know i know very little about like 
the history and what changes were offered when. I mean, we could go back to the um, you know updates page on the main <laughs> website and mm-hmm. take a look, I guess. But do you guys have any sort of memories of that? I mean, that is sort of around when I started, a little after I started. I think uh-huh. I started with V16, maybe. I don't exactly remember, but uh, it was fun times. I'm actually not really 100% sure if there were progression items already. So this might be one of the few seeds that you still get to play these days where your first sword could be the butter sword. <laughs> oh, okay. So non-progressive swords, non-progressive and swords like and shields and armor, and um, I think that's it, really. But still, it's you know, it it wasn't uncommon in the V eighteen days that after Kakariku you had butter sword and red mail with like three hearts. Gotcha. Um, so I'm looking at the updates page now, alttpr.com slash your language en slash updates for me. Um, and I don't see a, like V18. The naming convention is kind of confusing to me, if I'm being honest. It used to be like, I think it was V VT8.18. Mm-hmm. And then the number. And so this would be 18. <clears throat> yeah. So this, the, on, the, on this site, it doesn't even go back that far. So it, it, there's like a V8 and then it goes to V8.22. That would be, yeah, it, that would be version 22. Yeah, so yeah. it was even before all of that. Wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess all that to say, I, I can't, I don't really know. Um, sounds like Hype Cave is going to be a little more important, as he also mentioned, um, no waterfall fairy. Um, yeah, maybe, like, tune into our Discord. We'll, we'll, I'll be asking around about it. We'll be chatting. Um, try to get, like, a quick cliff's notes of things to know if you're going to be playing v18 when you're used to v31 we can maybe get like a top five most important things to keep in mind list together in our discord so um that'd probably be the best way to do that i'm sure there's some knowledgeable folks within our community that uh have some memories of of way back in the day and kind of how the the game was different then Uh, but i think that sounds like a lot of fun to jump in on something like that Mm -hmm. yeah if if i have the time i'm I'm considering like making time to do it, especially since it's on a Friday night. I thought it was Friday or Thursday night and Friday day. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. So I got my dates mixed up depending on my situation. I might actually jump in on that race for fun. Um, Yeah, it should be a good confusing time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think think I'll be there. This might actually be the time for me to make a comeback. Ooh, yeah, you're going to be right at home (laughs) with with that old ass rando <laughs> yeah for sure uh it's gonna be so fun i'm just reading the v8 updates which i think is the closest you can get to like a v18 update log and there's gotcha. so much little fun stuff in there uh one of the updates for open is updated fighter sword so collecting it doesn't downgrade higher level swords so this to me means um <laughs> that there are no progress progressive swords yet because uh you can get whatever before you get the fighter sword yeah, I'm going to encourage everyone to take a look at this. Um, we'll put a link in the description. Just scroll way down to v- where it says V8 updates, and you'll see the kind of things that you might be taking for granted now on V31 that mm-hmm. were not not always there. So it is fun to read some of these. I also cool. want to throw in a uh, Tuesday temp thing. I think you said we were w- doing what Zooter was doing, but it was technically Z1R that did the throwback race oh you're right you're absolutely right and uh yeah i mean zooter's still fairly new i I think they just had i mean we're not a zooter podcast they just had like a major update very recently but 
Um, but yeah, like going back to this is going to kind of be wild. I came in at V28, like 8.28 or whatever it was called. So mm-hmm. basically before we got rid of the version 8 dot whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I had, you know, when I started, it was all progressive everything. And um, I think the only really big bug that was in the thing at, in the game at the time was you could lock yourself out of pod, maybe. Yeah, but, a good old pod key lock. <laughs> but other than that, you know, it was pretty fine-tuned when i started so this will i don't know i may have to play a practice one so i don't look like an idiot right <laughs> i don't know i think there's gonna be a lot of stumbling around going on if i had to guess i mean in all honesty it really wasn't that different logic wise i'm also uh-huh. extremely extremely curious to see how any of the glitches that have been found since v18 essentially will like affect the old logic uh, because, oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't think there's many allowed glitches that do crazy stuff, but it might turn out to be kind of weird. <laughs> it'll be fun. Even if you don't play, it'll be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm planning on participating, and uh, I hope to see many of you there. I think it should be fun. Um, cool, okay. So uh, moving along, just a quick mention of this, wanted to uh, throw it out there. There was an announcement in the Discord announcements channel today about a new SMZ3 1v1 tournament. It's going to be kicking off April 13th. So if you are an uh, uh, SMZ3R fan, or SMZ3, SMZ3 and SMZ3R would have to be the same thing, right? There's not like a standard (coughs) vanilla version of them linked. They they call. I think someone's hacked something together for people to play, like based yeah. off of this. But, um, but yeah, everyone just calls it SMZ three. Like, it, I think the randomizers the kind R of is, implied. Yeah, but and the R is implied. Okay, I like that. But yeah, that's I, I could be wrong, but I, I've signed up for it. But looking at the challenge briefly last night when I signed up, there looked to be a um, uh, a little a small prize pot for this. So, uh, you know, nothing extravagant or anything. Uh, I don't remember the number, so I'm not going to quote them. But Very cool. But, yeah, it, it, it should be fun. I think it'll be a good time. It, it's, you know, SMZ3 is obviously a big time commitment sometimes versus, like, just ALTTP. But, you know, if you lose two, like I probably will, then, you know, you're out. So you don't have to worry about playing a ton of matches in, like, a group stage, which I think uh, a tournament started that yeah. kind of group thing <laughs> somebody did a thing where if you lost twice you were done and uh <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly who it was no that was that was what we did with the go mode podcast mentor tournament last last summer so yeah it could be a good thing you know when, once you've taken two losses maybe it's it's like especially you know smz3 is a lot longer um on average too so it's a real commitment to sit, sit down and play one of those um so yeah for sure yeah i think that could be a good thing but um, yeah, do you think there's like a uh, sign up link or something like that we could we could drum up and put in the description for people? Yeah, we could sign up. Just a little. We could put a Discord. Oh yeah, it's open okay. until the day before it starts. So oh great, we can okay. we can link a Discord for that for sure. Cool. Okay, we will do that. All right, let's get a quick uh, GMP community update in. Um, so the bi-weekly seeds, I think, are all we have this time. Uh, the episode 42 one, this was the last one. We did the co-op all dungeons. Dante, I know you had a chance to do this with uh, your ALTTPR League teammate, Edium, correct? Yes. 
and uh, I had a chance to do it with uh, community member Moogle Charm last night. So I thought it was a, a lot of fun, a really interesting kind of uh, experience to be running, um, you know, running a seed kind of at the same time as another person sharing the information. And then, you know, you reap the benefits of that. You don't have to go and do a Gina if your partner already checked it and it was 20 rupees. And that's really, that's really nice. Um, so it ends up being a really streamlined kind of, uh, kind of run that I hadn't really anticipated, but, um, I noticed that uh, we didn't have uh, as high of participation for this because I do know it can be kind of hard to coordinate this with somebody. And, you know, personally for me, a lot of times when I do rando, I want to kind of, you know, I kind of look forward to that one player experience a lot of times. Right. But um, for all of those of you who, you know, uh, partnered up with somebody and were able to do that, I hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can still do it uh, single player if you want to. Um, you know, we haven't spoiled it yet, and I guess we won't. You know, in case you want to go back and play that one, it's it'll it'll be available. Um, what did you think of uh, th- this? Was obviously not your first co-op seed, but um, what what was the experience like for you playing along with somebody, Dante? Uh, I mean, it's always fun playing co-op. Uh, you're gonna see in my opinion, if you do a race in any form, whether it be async or, you know, RTA um, with co-op, you're going to see a lot closer times. So <clears throat> the, the there's not going to be as big of a gap most times between everybody. So, you know, the idea is obviously you want to, you don't want one of your players to be, we, we covered this in the last episode about like, you don't want them to be too far ahead, but um, seeing a lot of finish times that are close together is really good. And I, I think we did, we had some people submitting their times, you know, or their average time. And we, we had mentioned doing the average, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, a lot of really close times across the board, uh, since, since we have, I know some people who are playing it tonight, I'm not really going to go through like a leaderboard right now, yeah. but, um, cause it, it'll probably change. Well, they're not going to hear this until Wednesday. Well, yeah, but it'll probably change. So you True. know, we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it at that. You can check out the Discord and do. Um, it'll be uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be in the I guess what the channel submit biweekly seed time. It'll be in the the past. Uh, yeah, up there. So that's always a great benefit for us to kind of go back and check those. But yeah, it was it was super fun. I had a great time, and co ops always fun. It's just like I said, have a system. We had we worked our system. I felt like everything and the way we played it worked about as well as it could and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's all you really can ask for in co-op it's just hope you find the items faster than everybody else i think (laughs) yeah exactly so for this next one um we'll go back to single player again um (laughs) and and i think that uh as as much as we try to stay away from the plandos it really is helpful in setting up situations you know on purpose so that you can utilize the things that we talk about in the episode and I, I really want people to have an opportunity to utilize the two main glitches we're going to talk about today, which are Icebreaker and Diver Down. And for that reason, I think I'm going to say that we'll just make both of those crystals. We'll just guarantee those crystals uh, for those two dungeons, uh, Ice Palace and Swamp Palace. And I'm thinking uh, we'll give you uh, the Cane of Samaria in Link's house because both of these glitches, while they do have bomb jump setups that we'll go over, they also have uh, cane setups as well. Um, so we'll just give you that early to make sure you have it. But, uh, does that, does that sound acceptable? What do you guys think? I know plan does are not the best, but I'll allow it. No, I yeah. think that's all right. And it also shouldn't break the customizer too much because that's, I feel like the main problem with the uh, planning out stuff like that. 
that the customizer sometimes does really strange things. I have to imagine that like the less you meddle with probably you know hopefully the worse mm-hmm. the the less your chances of like really mucking it up that if that i don't know that tracks to yeah me for some yeah reason. i think that makes yeah. sense and i think what you suggested you know setting two crystals and where somaria is shouldn't really make much of a difference i can't imagine right yeah so that's what we'll do cool um any final updates gmp wise or community wise before we get into our feature uh, I just want to say that I hope everyone's safe and healthy out there and with the current times that's going on and all the craziness involved in it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, most of the world, I believe, is is quarantined in one way or another to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly myself and Dante and, and Herf. So, yeah, I hope everybody is uh, staying safe and practicing uh, healthy social distancing, washing your hands a lot, not going out unless you absolutely need to, and certainly not in any big crowds. I just, I just pretend that everybody has it. I think that's a good precaution. Just like you see somebody walking down the street, they just keep your distance, pretend like they have it and, and just conduct yourself in that way. Um, it's, but, it's uh, smart yeah. to do that. I think, uh, it, it's yeah. smarter than like walking up and just kissing everybody on the street. <laughs> uh, right. <It's, laughs> had, yeah. For mul- for multiple reasons, but yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people making a lot of sacrifices for, you know, the good of society, um, which we very much appreciate. Um, But yeah, earlier when I mentioned uh, Zooter, the reason is I was thinking about uh, something that they had said. Uh, I think they made an announcement that was talking about um, the fact that they're really fortunate to be in a community where it is so easy to connect with people while just sitting at your computer, you know, in in your own home. Um, So, you know, if you're really active in this community... You have other people to kind of commiserate with and race with and, you know, forget about all this with. And that's that's what I think is is uh, really powerful and makes me really fortunate to be a part of a community where we're already uh, very far socially distanced. But we, we hang out like that all the time, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But, yeah, thank you, Her, for, for bringing that up. I hope everyone's um, staying safe and uh, staying sane in their quarantine with that. Let's go ahead and jump into our feature. We've we've got some uh, game glitches to unpack here. So uh, let's go ahead and clip on in. Okay, so uh, we've got a list of, let's see, five glitches that we want to cover here. Um, for each one, we'll go through, you know, systematically like like we always do. We'll talk about uh, what the glitch is, how to do the glitch, and when you would want to do it. And then once we've covered that thoroughly and we're all kind of on board with them, I want to take a step back and, and address, you know, some of the controversy and, um, you know, the, the Racing Council's decision to allow these and how some people are feeling about that and adapting to it. So... Um, with that, let's let's back it up and let's get into our first glitch here. This one was from a little while ago. Um, do either one of you remember when this one was actually discovered and or ratified by the Racing Council? It's been it's been some some months. Are yeah, you mean the Pog clip here or Harapot? I'm talking about Harapot. Oh, Harapot's been since the first term. Um, that one has been many months at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like last October, maybe, would you say? Yeah, that sounds about right, I'd say. Somewhere in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's been around for a while. It's kind of become a little more included. But like I said earlier, I feel like we kind of glossed over it when it was introduced. And I want to make sure that we do discuss it and cover it because it will change your routing up a little bit depending on 
your loadout here. So um, Heropot, the, what, what you need to be able to do it is it, it's exclusively in uh, Tower of Hera. Uh, you do have to have the hookshot to be able to do it. And um, what it essentially does is let you skip having to do the coffee break under the right circumstances um, by standing in a certain place and using a series of um, uh, you know, very specific uh, placements for your sprite um, and bomb setups. You can kind of clip inside of a pot that lets you fall down to the bottom floor. And then that lets you, uh, you're, it's, it's a vanilla room in the game that lets you, once you take that warp, get back up to the top. So you can basically skip having to ever go through the big key door doing that. Um, so with that, let me back up a little bit and, uh, Dante, I'm going to pass it over to you. Can you kind of give us a rough sort of walkthrough of what's needed to perform this and how to set up and execute the Heropot glitch? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm not going to go into exact coordinates. I know there are multiple setups for it. Um, one way I'll kind of break this down is kind of like we did with the boss thing. Uh, we'll, we'll start with like most ideal scenario and then kind of least ideal. Um, yeah. So most ideal would be you obviously going to have bombs uh, just in case, but having the boots plus the hook shot is your ideal scenario. This one has a tighter window to do this way, but you can get rid of the mini Moldorm <clears throat> in that corner. The thing that's the most important thing to note of this, it's like you may set it up perfect and you think, oh, well, my bomb, if I use the bomb, like, I got thrown in a weird way. Uh, if you kill that mini Moldorm, you need to be very, very careful not to grab its prize if it drops one while it's in the air. That does something with your coordinates as far as, like, the aerial stuff. So bomb jumps get all kinds of messed up uh, while you're in there. You'd have to mirror to go back to the beginning of Hera to fix that. Um, but if you kill the Moldorm... Let the prize thing hit the floor before you grab it. But you could set up the hook speed on those stairs in front of that chest. Um, like I said, the window's kind of tight on this, but there is a way to line yourself up with that key door uh, and then kind of come down at an angle. And I want to say it's a two-frame window where you can kind of, as you're super speeding down, you know, fire your hook and it'll pull you in. Um, That's cool. I, I haven't seen that one pulled off. That's what a lot of people are using now because... Uh, wow you can set it up multiple times very quickly. And if you get it on first try, you save a lot of time versus um, the bomb attempts. So having the boots, like we always have to have the hook shot. The other way, you can kind of set up some ways by bonking off of uh, the, like some bomb coordinates by bonking off of the blue pegs at the top left and then lining them up. There are a few tutorials. I'll link one that I use that Dracaris made. Uh, we'll put that, uh, that's kind of what I use. It's got two different setups, a bootsless one and a boots one. Um, but yeah, like once you get in those positions where you are clipped into the pot, you're going to want to hook over. Uh, and once you've hooked over, it's very important. You press left first and then up. If you press like right or upright or maybe down, I'm not sure about down, um, you get soft locked in a way where you can't move, you can't menu, you can't mirror, you have to save and quit, and you're stuck. So that's a big time loss if you do that. And it's definitely not worth, you know, attempting the glitch unless you know that once you do the hook part to kind of get into the pot, you have to press left and then up separately, and then you'll fall in. 
that's where all the time save is. So even if you get the big key, um, there's a, you know, a time save to be had there if you can execute it quickly because you don't have to go up all of those screen transitions. Uh, mm. We mm. mentioned, I mentioned the whole, you know, taking equipment away. If you don't have boots, there are setups with like specific pixels um, for the bombs. That'll be in the link that we'll put in the description as well. The one I was talking about from Tracaris, that one helped me learn it pretty quickly. It's a little bit of a longer video, so, but yeah, that there's there's ways to do it without the, without the boots. I'm sorry, yeah, without the boots. So it just makes it a little easier, I think, to have multiple setups that are the same way. So it's just a matter of what kind of equipment you have. Gotcha. So um, thank you for the, for that walkthrough. That's, that it makes a lot of sense. It's very thorough. One of the things that I've heard about this, and to be honest, like maybe I'm just not thinking through it in quite the right way, but. I, I know that there is a, sometimes a risk uh, that you run by pulling this off. Can you can you dive into that? Yeah, sure. So if you're playing key sanity, that's where the biggest risk is. Uh, if you, you know, the big key could be out somewhere in the world and uh, you can bypass it. But the risk would be you're leaving behind whatever item is in that big chest. Hmm. So um, that's where the risk comes in. So that being said, uh, when we want to do this, this is kind of my thought is if you're if you're very practiced at it, you always want to do it because it's if you can do it quickly, it is always going to be a time save, no matter what. Um, even if you get the small key and Hera, you know, you think, well, I've gotten one item already and the small key, so I've got two chests upstairs that might be um, that might be the other item. I think that's a perfect gamble to take because that is still faster than having to sit in the basement for the big key. So it's only longer if it doesn't work out that way, but most runners are probably going to do that in a race, especially a 1v1. So basically, if you don't have the small key, you, you would do this. You would check the chest. If you still have an item, then you know that it's going to be in that big chest. So you're going to have to you know go in the basement and get the big key and then it's still faster to do when you come back up, do the Heropod again, and drop down. Uh, you know, than going through all those screen transitions and the execution rooms. So, it's it's kind of a pick your poison in that scenario, but it's perfect for when you're in go mode and Hera's like a dungeon that's left. You really don't even have to worry about getting a key. You just go do it, go up, beat the boss, get out. So, it's a nice time save. I've found a lot of times when I have, I, I took the time to actually learn how to pull it off, but I have yet to use it in a run. And I feel like it's because most times when I am at Hera and I want to complete it, I don't have the hook shot yet or I don't have the boots. One of those two. Um, because, you know, as we know, Hera can come up in the early game pretty easily being in the light world. And as long as you have the mirror in some way to get up to the mountain, then you're in business. But, um, you know, having hookshot and then boots on top of having mirror, uh, you know, it kind of complicates things. If you're coming over from uh, East Dark Mountain, you know, if you got the hookshot and then the hammer and that was your way up into Hera, then, you know, that's going to help you out quite a bit more. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so now one of the things that I had heard was the one of the reasons that the Racing Council felt really comfortable with uh, ratifying this one and saying that it is allowed is because there is some risk involved with it. Even though there's technically some clipping going on, which is maybe starting to get into some gray area um, due to the risk of potentially, you know, leaving whatever's in the big chest, uh, you know, unchecked, 
that kind of justifies the its inclusion. Um, had you heard anything like that? Uh, and if you had, do you do you agree with that assessment? That was that was said, I believe, in the initial like term ones racing council team leaders said that, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with them that there is risk. Um, I remember when the glitch came out, I I didn't personally like it because I was like, this is this is opening up ways to clip in in the thing <laughs> or in the game. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things of, and, and this is part of, like, what we, you know, everyone on the council's been doing with the glitches that have been coming up recently. For us to have an opinion on them, we have to learn them. And that's kind of what Kern was saying a couple, you know, a couple episodes ago. If there is a glitch, you, before you spout off your opinion of it, what it whether it be for or against it, uh, very much so, you should learn it. Just even if you're not very good at it, you should learn it because that way you can understand, you can kind or grasp and have an understanding of what is going on. Um, yeah. Just just because you know, uh, there there are some people potentially that may say, well, I don't like this, and their answer is when people say, why don't you like it? Well, I can't do it. Then my question would be, have you tried to do it or have you tried to learn it? And then you know whatever their responses could is kind of moot at that point learn go learn things because unless their point is i tried for a really long time and still couldn't do it i think it's way too hard right in which case then maybe yeah well it's like when i say did you learn it i mean like did you put forth any effort if you put forth zero effort my thought is um you know it's kind of like okay well put forth like 10 minutes of effort you know like ask somebody in the training room like channel of the main main discord somebody will be able to either link you to a tutorial or maybe sit in a voice chat i'm not going to volunteer anybody for that but they may be able to sit in a voice chat with you and help you out so that's um you know that's effort is what i think needs to be done with like all these glitches whether they be you 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 be for them or you be against them is like just put some effort into looking at them and seeing what they do Mm -hmm. um last thing i want to ask you before we move on do you feel that risk is something that should be considered when looking at whether or not a glitch should be allowed or not not everything uh you know we're going to talk about some glitches that have in my opinion zero risk so Mm -hmm. um you know it's free time saves are great but we'll <laughs> we'll talk about these glitches. Okay. Yeah, I just want to set us up a little bit for the coming conversation. Because set some precedents and things like that. Because I think everyone is pretty much on board with I feel with like Therapod. you set me up there. No, I'm not specifically. I just, you know, I just... I'm, it'll be interesting to try to compare this one to the others. Because I think pretty much everyone's on board with this. Um, like you said, you were maybe a little against it at first. But... Um, you know, it, it it's relatively minor. Um, it does involve walking through a wall, which is always a little, but, um, you know, it, it's relatively minor. You have to have a lot of equipment to use it. You know, all of these things I'm saying are like, it, it's interesting the different justifications or, you know, reasons that people will use that a, a glitch should or should not be allowed. And that's, that's something we'll get more into. But. And I'll, I'll put this out there. And like, for me personally, since I'm on the council currently, uh, there's no rules really against this. I will tell you when we go through these how I voted on them. Like mm-hmm. that is just my opinion initially after learning them, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of reasoning, but not a, a whole lot of reasoning why I did what I did. But you know, we'll we'll go with that. I guess that'll be an interesting way to look at them. 
Nice. Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate the insight. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I think that's that's it for Harapot. And that, again, was an, an older glitch. Now let's get into the ones that were approved by the Racing Council uh, more recently. I believe it was uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. But um, I specifically remember uh, when it was announced, the ALTCPR League, they already had something in place saying if the Racing Council approves of a glitch, we're going to wait 24 hours and then... After 24 hours, you can use these in races. So for that reason, there was a lot of people scrambling like, oh, these these some of these are pretty significant. They're going to change your routing in some of these dungeons uh, in more you know more often than they're not going to basically. So a lot of people were scrambling to learn these within 24 hours, and um, you know we want one one of the things we want to do in this show is is educate, and I think it would be helpful for us to kind of make sure that. We are helping people to learn these and, and, you know, elevate the meta a little bit, I guess, as it were, so that, you know, you're not feeling like you're locked out if you don't know one of these glitches, like you can't compete or race and, and still, you know, be competitive. So um, that being said, this first one is not really one of those, but it is the first one that was listed on that announcement. And this is the extended auto stairs clip or um, glitch, I guess we'll just call it. Uh, some sometimes being floated around as the pog clip, and I've heard some pushback on that. I, I think the the pog champs <laughs> group doesn't they 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 might want to like disavow that, like they don't want to stand by this one and call it pog clip. But I think it's kind of catchy. I don't I don't mind it being called that. It just sounds like you're mispronouncing pod. <laughs> like it's supposed it's, to be pod it's clip. In pod. Like it sounds pog like it clip. should be the pod clip, but doing the pod clip. <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting. Well, uh, it is something that you do in pod. It is specific to that. And Dante, I think you were telling us um, when this was first approved, this is something that uh, has been known for a while that, that you could move this way, but the application of it was recently discovered. Yeah, well, it, I don't know how the app, like when the application was initially discovered or like, you know, for pod. But mm-hmm. if, if you go back to, we did mention this, I think, but if you go back to... Um, the uh, the puzzle inside of the festive randomizer, this particular clip was something that had to be done in the initial part to get past some pegs. Uh, and that's as far in the, into that puzzle as I know. So um, mm. I don't really have a whole lot of detail on that as far as how that puzzle goes, but you know, back to the topic here, that's the first time I had ever seen this. And um, yeah, like the, the use for it here, to me it is... It's in a what, what, what I guess I would call like a swag category. Um, it to me it is like hovering Moldorm two. Okay, while you have hookshot. Okay, let mm-hmm. me let me clarify that while you have hookshot, <laughs> it is a minor time save mm-hmm. if you do it correctly, like the first time. So you're saying like the the difference between killing Moldorm and waiting for the chest versus. Yeah. just going straight over it like that you know because maybe 10 seconds the way you would do this is normally if you have boots because you need those um mm-hmm. eat cane or no cane you would go into that room if you were routing this way and mm-hmm. bonk across hit the switch and then you could jump back across so you're saving that time just by placing a cane block and going through the barrier um, okay it's it's so very, this is in the pod arena Right, in correct. That, in that main area with all the beetles, I guess that I should around. set that up. But yes, it is in the main pot mm-hmm. arena. Yeah, and, and, and it, it's that like bottom right area there where the pegs kind of block off, being able to go over to 
where you would start to head down to Helmosaur King. Um, and it's, you know, like Dante said, a way that uh, you can just hit the switches a little bit faster. So um, tell us how to do this extended auto stairs glitch. So the idea is uh, the first thing you want to do when you walk in, you want to place a Cana Samaria block on the ground. Basically anywhere that is not in the path of your auto stairs. So it can't be past the, you know, the ladder going up and it can't be... Um, you know, in your dash path. So just left or right of the ladder is your safest bet. And uh, after you've placed that, you want to walk left or right along the ledge of the pit. So your shadow kind of needs to be touching that pit as you're there. Um, it's kind of like setting up the uh, water walk state, uh, except instead mm -hmm. of it being a vertical pit you're walking up against, it would be, you know, a horizontal pit. Um, and when you walk along that, you want to initiate a dash. You want, you want to walk till you're lined up vertically with the stairs and you want to, while facing left or right, start dashing and tap up. So you change and dash upward. And when you do, you will just kind of auto walk a lot further than you normally do. And you'll go through the pegs. Yeah. So this is those pegs at the top of the stairs and those will be very much up, which means you shouldn't be able to go through them. But instead, you dash, and uh, when you hit those stairs, um, you're just carried right over them, and you're, like, teleported to the other side of them. So, um, yeah, it, it's a time save. It's very easy to set up. That being said, I will admit that um, Dante showed this to myself and her for a couple weeks ago, and we played around with it for maybe, like, three minutes. I wasn't able to get it, and I haven't gone back to it. And I don't, I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> it's just not very high on my priority list. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Back it's, when we talked about tricks that are worth learning, we had to balance um, how much time you can save versus how you know the time it takes you to learn it and how often you'll get to use it. And this one, to me, is just not super far up my own personal list, um, even though it is a guaranteed time save. You know, and it looks cool. That definitely, I get some points for that too. I have to admit, but um, it's it's very minor in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I've honestly have I have not had a chance to use this where it was effective in a race. I've had a chance to use it, but it would have been pointless to do so. Um, yeah. So it, it's very, very, very emphasis on the very it's situational. Um, and, and it, like I said, it's a super minimal time save. And if you mess it up one time, you're almost losing time at that point. And the fact that it's yeah. so situational like that, that I mean, that's why I voted for this because it, it's. It's a minor time save. We're not bypassing a whole lot. You know, it's it's just kind of, yeah. like I said, it's swag tier. And um, yeah, it, it's fun. You, you do it one time, you're like, oh, look, I did it. But uh, that's basically the only application you could really use it for. There's there's something in the Racing Council memos about it that we posted where you don't want to do that. Um, there's a way to do it at King's Tomb. I haven't done that. Um, and I don't know the setup for it, but it can cause some EG things to happen. You don't want to do that. I will tell you that I tried it just to see what would happen uh, in the Moldorm 2 arena going up those south-facing stairs. Mm -hmm. And when you auto-walk, it basically auto-walks you into the wall and you're stuck there. So <laughs> that's Sounds not great. a useful thing at all. So you don't yeah. want to, don't use it there either. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, yeah, you, you touched on something there that I think is, is a really good point where if you mess this glitch up, the first time and you try to do it a second time, like you've already lost time, you know, like if you don't get it first time, you don't actually save any time. 
And I think that's the real barrier of entry. Cause like, it's not a, yeah. from what you've explained, it's not a tough glitch to get, but like, are you going to be able to boom, like hit it the very first time, every time that's what's, that's the barrier of entry let for me, me, I think, you know, let me rephrase what, what I said there. Cause I, I did say that exactly. And if you get it on the second try, maybe third, it uh-huh. maybe washes even hmm. like, but it has to be first for it to be a really, I use the term lightly, effective time save. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Still, you know, um, it's it's interesting to consider, you know, getting it the first time versus second versus third. And I think for all of these glitches, that's something that you'll have to consider is, you know, if you take it into a practice ROM and you can get it like every fourth or fifth time, when you think about in a race, like that's that's not quite good enough for that to be ready yet, in my opinion. You want you want to be able to kind of stride up there and get it first, maybe second time, pretty consistently, right. you know, to to be able to actually have it, be able to use any of these and have them save you time. So, um, just something to keep in mind. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the the big ones here. Um, there's really two, as we've said, that we want to get into because they do change your routing pretty significantly. The first one we're going to get into is technically called door state extension, but you probably know it under its uh, uh, more well-known name, which is Icebreaker, and and that's the one um, you know implementation of this glitch that that's really getting a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, it's getting a lot of people talking. So let's talk a little bit about icebreakers specifically, and then maybe we can talk about other applications. Um, so I this this glitch is um, essentially going to let you completely break Ice Palace. Um, instead of having to do the first, you know, third or so of it until you finally get down to where all of the chests are, you can kind of skip all of that and go to the very back of the dungeon and then work your way forward and back to the front, to the middle, basically, to where the boss is. So it's a drastic time save. It cuts out a lot of the rooms that we're all used to taking in Ice Palace. Um, so it's, it's pretty big. It's 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 a it's a pretty big one. Um, it involves essentially manipulating um, the, the way that Link, the the game treats Link when he's in a doorway. Um, there are certain rules that apply to him there, and you can kind of. Pop yourself out a little bit with the help of the Cane of Samaria to make the game think that you're still in a door, uh, and it lets you basically just slide right through a big thick wall uh, to get to the vanilla big key chest and start um, opening chests and, and going down from there. So uh, with that, um, Dante, I'll, I'll pass it over to you again um, to break this glitch down in terms of the execution of it, um, and then we'll talk about the implication and effect it has on the routing of Ice Palace. To, well, before before we do that, actually, one thing I wanted to say is um, this is only going to work if you have the Cane of Samaria. You can't do this glitch without Cane of Samaria. And that, that's kind of interesting in its own way. And I guess we can kind of talk about that um, in a moment. But um, just to say you have to have the Cane of Samaria, um, but that is it. If you have that, you can do this. So, all right, Dante, take, take it away from there. All right. So, um, door state extension also known as icebreaker is a nifty trick. First you want to do, uh, you want to go through ice palace as you would normally. Uh, you want to get to the room where you flip the switch for the pin gator room and you need to actually leave the room like you normally would. Cause this is the part of routing, uh, that's important, especially if you're go moding. This is where it gets, you know, like the podcast name, 
where it gets real important. Um, you need to leave and go up like you're going to drop down the hole and flip that crystal switch. Uh, this is not part of the glitch, but this is to make sure you don't do the glitch and then say, this didn't save me any time, why did I do this? Um, so you flip that switch like you normally would. Instead of bombing that hole, you want to go back to that pin gator room on the right side, flip the switch again in like the, the hole in the ground or the, the switch in the ground, and then go through the right door. So... You'll be in the big key chest room, uh, or the vanilla big key chest room, and uh, you'll be on the wrong side of it, and you're going to be like, wow, there's this big wall here, what do I do? Uh, once you're in, you want to basically hold right uh, and walk up against the rail uh, to when you enter the room. Don't go up or down, just walk to the right. Uh, you want to move one frame to the left, so you can do that by either sword buffering, uh, select buffering, pause buffering, either way. But it has to just be one frame to the left. Okay, right here. I wanna I wanna share my um, my method for this. Anytime a lot of these glitches call for like moving by one frame, and this is what I always do here. And I know it's ridiculous, but it works for me. Um, try it out. Maybe it'll work for you. So I hold the controller in one hand, and then I get my finger out. And I call this dainty fingers. I and I'm just like ah. you breathe like on trying it. Trying. Try, it's dainty fingers, uh, not dancy, but dainty. Yeah, dainty fingers. Uh, and, let's go. Dainty, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm like trying as lightly as possible to hit left on the D-pad right now. And if I do it too light that that it doesn't hit, that's fine. I just try it again, and I just apply a little bit more pressure every time until Link turns around exactly one frame, and then I'm set up. So you might think that's crazy, but it works for me. If it works uh, for you, that's fantastic. But I feel like that's a lot of trial and error. And you may move two pixels if you hit it too much. You yeah. sometimes do move two pixels. But here's the nice thing about this particular part of this glitch is if you mess it up, um, it, it's extremely free to just go back and try it again. It takes almost no time to try to reset this. So that's that's yeah. nice. One of the things I was doing when I first started is I would mess this part up and I'd walk out of the room and walk back in. And I was like, why am I doing that? You don't you don't have to leave the room at all if you mess this part up. You can just go back into the door frame and, and start it again. So um, anyway, sorry. So so uh, you'll you'll somehow, whether you pause buffer or dainty finger or whatever, you want to move left one one pixel. Yeah, so you want to go one pixel. Um, and you want to move back to the right out of the door after you do that by holding down and right at the same time. Now if you're doing, if you've done it correctly, when you're holding down and right, Link is going to continuously walk to the right against the frame or like the wall without moving up or down. He'll just be like walking in place to the right, almost like he's on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point, as you're walking, you want to drop a Samaria block and then let go of the D-pad during the Samaria placement animation. So the the block will be kind of on top of you, and yeah. while it's on top of you. You yet again have to move one frame to the left. So I use the sword buffer method. Um, I don't know, Tim. Do you use the the dainty fingers for this? This, this is where the dainty finger really shines, in my opinion. This is the place for it because this this one's got to be right. So you're gonna be so just so so dainty. You want to be so dainty on it until you finally you'll notice uh, Link move that doop, just like move over you know to, to the left one one pixel and then you're good to go after you move that one frame to the left whether it be with your dainty fingers your sword buffer your select buffer uh your 
throw the controller in the air and grab it and hope it moves one frame, whatever works. <laughs> um, after you do that, you want to press down. And when you press down, Link's going to look like he's struggling, you know, when you're pushing, pushing. up against the wall. Yeah. Uh, I call that the struggling face. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's just going to kind of walk through the wall, like, you know, like Doom guy busting down something and coming in, but uh, or the Kool-Aid <laughs> man just walking in. So, oh, yeah. Exactly. So you'll be on the opposite side. You can check that chest, and then you can go through the, the stairs and kind of go through Ice Palace backwards. Uh, it saves a ton of door transitions. It saves a bunch of rooms. Um, mm-hmm. say you When you do this, you skip the Ice Palace bomb jump. So if you have trouble with the bomb jump, then maybe this is the, the way for you. But then again, if you don't have Kane and you have to do Ice you don't have this opportunity so it's best to know you know the the bomb jump as well you want to be able to be well versed in all of the rooms um yeah you're really going to want to learn both of them um you know in our first top 10 glitches to learn we had the ippj as the number one um it's going to be interesting to maybe we should revisit that list at some point and say like is it still the most important glitch knowing that we now have this glitch that eliminates the need for it i'd say yes only because I, I think that's unchanged because of the fact that this is very also... It's not super subjectional, but it's like, you know, it's subjective. Depending yeah. on what you have. It's conditional, I guess is a better way to put it. I was wondering what subjectional meant. I, I, was... I made up a word on the fly, and it's kind of, you know, well, that's... that's um that that's we'll just leave that in there and that'll be fun <laughs> but no that was good it was like subjective and what was the other one conditional Condi- so, subjective <laughs> and sub- conditional subjectional yeah subjectional i like that a lot this actually. is I'll, I'll this is why we let p train write the announcements most times for the <laughs> council because i have I, I put words in and it's fun um <laughs> no i like it anyway uh so that that that's icebreaker the other application and i want to touch on this one quickly is sure. in Meyer. Um, and you have to have the boots for this one. So in the main Meyer lobby, I guess is the main hub, the big room, the the real big big room. room. Um, you want to, uh, be at that top left portion. This is really good. If you route in a way like this, this is my opinion on this. If you route to the left, you do the two firelock chests and then you go back down to check the main lobby hub. So if you've got the boots, what you could do is get in that doorway that you normally wouldn't go in. Like if you go inside of it, there's those four bomb dropping slugs. Um, yeah. So that door, the best thing to do is like line up. You you want to be in the doorway. You want to walk straight down up to the rail. And once you're against the rail, you want to sword buffer or select buffer or dainty finger, whatever, up <laughs> one frame. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it like instead of left, it's up like back into the door. So then, what you have to do, and the timing for this is a little tight, but it's it's doable. You want to hit left and A at the same time, and if you do it correctly, Link is going to dash through that rail and down the stairs. So that done, that's kind of like the Pog clip, you know, like in the sense of if you do it right quickly, you're going to save time. If you mess it up a couple of times, you may break even or you may lose time. So that's mm-hmm. just another application it's definitely good if you um if you come across when the peg the blue pegs are up um you know if if you think that'll save you some time if you're really good at it it'll save you time overall but it's a 
conditional sub subjectional type. Subjectional. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one gotcha. of those. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it, th- that's, those are the two things. And I'll say this, uh, initially I was very opposed to this. I'm, I'm coming around to it since, you know, everyone seems to like it. I'll say, I say everyone, but there hasn't been a whole lot of pushback on it. I was under the impression there was going to be a lot of pushback. My initial pushback, and the reason I voted no on it, was because the Ice Palace bomb jump and some other rooms are very, very execution heavy. And it, it kind of does bypass a couple items. My thought, though, was it can turn the tide of a match with those execution gaps sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with those execution rooms being taken out, um, it makes the dungeon, I mean, it lives up to the name Icebreaker. It makes the dungeon much easier. And mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about, you know, hemorrhaging bombs and hearts uh, doing that bomb jump. So there's a lot to be said of this glitch. But, you know, uh, I'm going to use it. You know, all, all the ones that I voted no and yes on, I'm going to use that are allowed. But it's, um, I mean, because that's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on that hill, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those things where I just felt like it took out too much execution things in the game that could turn the tide of a race. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, since it is allowed, we're going to, we're going to roll with it. What I yeah. kind of enjoy, or I don't really know how to put this, but what I kind of like about icebreaker is that, um, if you think about it, you were talking about the ice palace bomb jump earlier and how we, how highly we rated it. Um, mm-hmm. If you, especially if you do that, you kind of already want to have the Kane of Somaria going into Ice Palace, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, for that off chance that you're going to be short a key and suddenly you, you can't go anywhere. So yeah. uh, I feel like this, you know, as you were saying, cuts out some execution heavy rooms, may breaks Ice Palace even more than it was already broken. And it's kind of, you know, the same requirements i guess as your normal uh, quote unquote normal ice palace bomb jump walkthrough of ice palace and rando yeah it also has interesting implications for the hook shot right it, it does it does it not completely cut out the need for the hook shot um logically obviously uh you still need hook shot to be i, I say logically but like logic no, the- i mean yeah but like if you do the icebreaker you won't encounter any rooms that would oh, sure. make you have to hookshot, right? Yeah. It, I, I'm, I, I'm mostly confirming because I'm not 100% sure if that's true, but you would still is need that the case? logically to hookshot across that spike pit because mm-hmm. you're, you can tank, oh, you well, can tank yeah. the damage. But yeah. the room with the red jellies or whatever they're called, that is like, that's kind of one of those tougher bomb jumps that's not used as much in Ice Palace, but right. occasionally yeah. is. Um, you don't have to worry about that room at all anymore. That's this. mainly the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. It's like a second or third try. Sometimes you're just like, I either have to do this or I have to leave Ice Palace. Like, so here we go, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it cuts that one out completely. And I know that is a sigh of relief for a lot of people that haven't haven't learned that bomb jump. So um, it, yeah, it just has a lot of interesting implications to routing. Um, I have to admit, going up and hitting the crystal switch before doing Icebreaker is... Something I hadn't really thought of when I went through and did a couple, you know, dummy routes before. I haven't practiced it in rando, you know, and I haven't done it in a race yet. So figuring out how that affects, you know, crawling through the dungeon is something that I'm still kind of wrapping my brain around. But um, it's definitely something we're going to see a lot more of. 
Um, you know, learning it is the first step, as we've said, um, because it is allowed. Uh, it has been officially allowed by the Racing Council. And let's let's get a little bit into this. Um, you know, when you're saying, uh, Dante, you mentioned that a lot of people, there hasn't been a lot of pushback on this. I've actually seen a few people who have, you know, I would say pushed back on it. Well, uh, where where they feel that it's um, just to give a, a general sort of recounting of some of the things I've seen in discords and heard people talking about. Um, you're walking through a wall. It's a big, thick wall that you just walk right through. Like, how can that be okay? You know, is what some people are saying. There's also the fact that you know there's two frame perfect inputs in there. Um, it's it's not the easiest thing to pull off. It, it's one of those that actually looks kind of hard, even though it's not too, too bad. So it kind of creates a little bit of a barrier of entry for newer folks uh, that feel like, well, I just have to learn so many of these technical glitches before I can even race or right. you know start playing the game or whatever. And that can be kind of a turnoff. So I did want to you know address this kind of controversy while it has been officially allowed by a majority in the racing council. And it is a new reality of racing this game, you know, in, in the league and tournaments, whatnot. Um, you know, there are some people who are not that, that, that would have voted against this if they were on the council. And uh, actually, this is probably a good time to mention that the council did release a uh, kind of like survey feedback, like how are we doing kind of uh, form that we'll put a link to in the description where they want to hear how people are kind of acclimating to these new glitches and the new decisions. Um, so they're very much aware of the, you know, the pushback and the controversy as well. But um, let me open it back up to you guys. What do you make of, of the folks who um, are not in favor of ice palace and, and kind of turned off by this whole thing? I mean, it's uh, for me, you know, I feel like I'm personally in a weird situation where I can sympathize with them a lot because I personally also kind of in a weird way, wish there weren't going to be any new glitches found because I'm already bad enough as it is. And I'm already far enough behind. And it feels like it's an ever growing list of stuff, as you said, that you need to learn before you're even really halfway on the way to being competitive. But on the other hand, I don't really feel like it's taking away from the game, as at least not to the extent that some people are, you know, kind of flipping out over it. Mm -hmm. That's at least my take on it. Like, I, I yeah. understand why people don't want any more glitches. There's probably a variety of reasons for it, and some of them make sense, some of them don't. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of it is personal preference. Uh, I just wish people were less hostile about it. <laughs> oh, if yes. that makes sense, please. For that sure, would, that would be that would be great. Um, <clears throat> my my thought is this: I say there's not a lot of pushback. I will tell you, I did. You know, we have addressed some DMs um, uh, of people who were not happy about this being allowed, like being allowed, and I. Like I said, I initially didn't like it. I, mean, I voted against it because I thought there was. I said there was no, like, pushback, but what I meant was there was not this massive explosion of hate and disarray that came out. There was some, and I expected that. I was Where would you rate it compared to, like, hints? I would say that from what I've seen, now keep in mind, when hints came out, I was still sort of a wee young lad. And I didn't browse the ALTTP randomizer. I, I was in the ALTTP randomizer Discord then specifically to know when stuff was getting updated and what was different. 
that mm-hmm. was why I was in there. Um, and when tournaments were going to be, cause I wanted to play in them. So that was like, that was my thing then. I, I just remember everybody was complaining in every SRL room about hints. Like there was people who were like, I love them. And then people like, I hate them. It was everywhere just mm-hmm. because it was like, this was given to us and no one wanted it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been a few people who've been upset about this, but I have not seen the outcry like I did about with hints. Hmm. In my opinion, the pushback on this has been less than hints, but we didn't have a racing council then. So I can't, you can't really take that as a hundred percent truth. Sure. My, no, that, that's definitely fair. My, yeah. my thought is like every, every person who has told me that they are very against this. I, I agree with them that I, I, I see their you, point. You see where they're coming from. Or I whatever. do. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean the, the eye test that you hear people talk about sometimes, like I really don't personally like seeing link walk through the wall. Do I yeah. like the ability to skip ice palace? Heck yeah. I, you, you, you made the comment and I know it was like a little, a misword of like, how do you feel about ice palace? I hate ice palace. Like <laughs> it's a, it's a time sink. It just, it makes you hemorrhage time. It's a huge make or break decision. A lot of times if you go in there and not able to go mode it. So there's a lot of hate for that dungeon, especially with no hints, there's less incentive to go. So I can see why a lot of people who would want to save time there you know, with this glitch, just the walking through the wall did not sit well with me as well as those execution changes that, that was, those, those were my two biggest caveats. The glitch to me, I think if you sit down and learn, like spend 10 minutes, you can do this, you know, at least 50 to 75% of the times you attempt it. That that's, mm. that's my, like, as far like, that's my opinion on that. I don't think it is a super hard trick to, to do, I know we were talking about the one frame movement, the sword buffers and select buffers make that very easy. It's not like Mm -hmm. say hovering. And I know that's a hot topic in some ways. It always seems to be, it, it doesn't, it doesn't require you to massively press and release a button a specific way. It is just time movements. It's kind of like seeing pod, like looking at the pod hammer yump. Um, Those are two pixel perfect positions and you've got to set it up while the bridge is falling. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a that to me that's a higher barrier of entry, you know, I'll bring this up Temp and I were chatting before we started recording this. Um, you know, I I learned that like and it was tough to learn. I, it was like the first like major thing, if you want to call it a glitch that I learned in Link to the Past that wasn't like spin speed and stuff like that or yeah. bomb jumps. But, you know, you can these frame perfect things. This is where in my opinion, having some knowledge of some either glitched categories, and that may not be your thing, and that's fine. But the speed run itself, like learning pixel movements, we've talked about that on the podcast before, learning exactly where you are and how to identify where you are, the practice hack will help with that. So you see a number, and then you kind of train yourself not to look at that number and learn where you are. And then you can move your character in you know, specific ways to get things set up. The, the thing I guess is, you know, how many more glitches are we going to allow? My thought is I'm really hoping that Yuzuhara puts the game aside and retires, (laughs) but, but, um, if, if, you know, this was just a really awkward time 
um, to, you know, mm-hmm. for a second term for the, the racing council, just because of, you know, we had some housekeeping to do that we've been, you know, talking to the community about as well as these glitches and everyone wanted a ruling right away. So we had to get the processes in place and then we, we all discussed them. Everyone has their opinions. And I honestly, every opinion I've read has been, I, I agree with in some way. And it sounds like I'm being yeah. wishy-washy, but the people who were advocating for it, I think they were right in the way they were advocating for it. And the people who were advocating against it, I also feel were right. Um, I just, uh, back to my initial point, I thought we were going to have a huge blow up and we didn't have a huge blow up. It's kind of a, a poof. The poof yeah. is, uh, there are people who don't like it and I hope this doesn't happen. Um, I, I don't want to see anybody quit playing because of something like this. That that would actually make me rethink a lot of things, but that's, you know, that that's that's me personally and I feel like I can't really vote on community things based off of a, a select few people but if i you know if i was told hey i quit playing rando blah 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 because this got allowed that 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 personally to me I, i'd hate to see that i, I hope mm. that doesn't ever happen you know that's my yeah. take with these but mm-hmm. but yeah we've we've I, i've babbled a lot i'm sorry so uh, you know <laughs> no it's all good it's it's totally on topic and you're summing up a lot of what i've been reading and hearing about what the council is saying so no i i think this is all very much reflective of kind of what the community has been discussing for the last couple weeks since this was um, officially allowed. It's a spicy one. And I I totally agree with you too. And it's funny when you talk about, you know, sounding wishy-washy, it both sides really do have great points. You know, there's, I, I can think of just as many reasons to allow as I can not to allow. And if I recall correctly, the, the council vote was, it was very close on this, right? Yeah, this was the initial reason for the feedback form, and that is posted in the announcements. I, 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 I really hope that everyone that listens to the podcast is in the main Discord. I also hope that if you race it, that you have the racing role. So when we ping with announcements as a racing council, we do the at racing that you get those pings so you know what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. I know Tip has those linked inside the Go Mode Podcast Discord as well, but that way, you know, we get we get a little more outreach that way. Yeah. Um but the the reason for the feedback form was this was the first time and it's not like we've had like 55 racing council glitch votes because we just haven't, you know, we're in the second term. So, it's been a deal of this was the first one that didn't pass with what I think we call a super majority. It passed with just a simple majority mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. wanted people to express their feedback on the glitches, but also on the bylaws that we discussed with the community and, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the processes that we voted into place because, you know, maybe, maybe people didn't want to talk about the bylaws because it looks like a legal document and it kind of <laughs> is, but, um, yeah. you know, this is that we just wanted to like extend that arm to people again to say, listen, like this is your time to say what what you feel. Um, mm-hmm. and I I'll, I'll say this that if anybody has an opinion, my inbox is open. If you don't want to get involved with like a big, you know, I know I'm putting myself out there for that, but it always has been. It will be. Um, it, it's open if you don't want to like get in a public like potential argument with people because I know some people like to maybe slightly aggressive in a way, the way they come across online and maybe that's not who they are. It's just how it appears to be. But if you just want like a one-on-one discussion, 
Um, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I, you know, the feedback form, I think, is the best way to do it right now. Um, yeah, that's, you know, kind of the situation yeah. we're in. I guess. And if Dante doesn't answer you right away, it's probably because his wife is giving birth or something. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as as soon as that's over, he'll get he'll get back to you and engage in a oh, yeah, lengthy discussion sure. on on the acceptance of glitches in the random community. Um, cool. Okay, let's keep it moving. We this is this is actually uh, we're actually kind of running up on time here. So um, with that, we we've talked. The good thing is we've talked about Diver Down before. When we had Kern on just a couple episodes ago, he went into great detail about how to do it and how it can help you out. So let's just mm-hmm. do a quick recap right now of Diver Down. Um, there's really two places in Swamp Palace. It's Swamp Palace specific. Um, there's two places you can do it that will help you out. Um, the first one is uh, probably not going to be used that much. It's funny because Dante was uh, helping me learn these before we started the episode. And I finally figured this one out. And then he was like, well, yeah, but it's not really going to work because of this, this, that. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to use this now that you've said <laughs> that. But So the idea is um, it lets you walk on water and also interact with things that are underwater. So that key that everyone's always talking about, make sure you don't flood it. What you can do is if you have the hook shot, you can grab the key that's um, at, you know near the entrance of the big room. Um, so you can kind of steal that one early. Use it to go in that northwestern room. Uh, hit the switch um, and uh, just go ahead and hit that lever. Just flood the key um, because we're going to be able to get it anyway. Head down one screen and uh, you can go down to the bottom of that pool there. And by setting up the bomb in the right place, which again, I'm going to refer you to the episode with Kern, um, setting up a bomb in the right place or Samaria block in the right place, you can walk onto the water there. Um, So you can go into that room, pick up the pot under it and uh, get the key, jump out of the water to fix your state again and jump back in the water. And you can go um, directly over those blocks that are there. So it saves you several screen transitions to be able to do that. The problem with it is... Um, you have to steal that key, you know, to be able to do this because otherwise you're not flooding the key. You're just doing it as normal and you haven't saved yourself any time. But in order to do that, in order to be able to steal that key, you need to commit to doing left side of Swamp Palace from the get go, as opposed to doing what most people do, which is finishing out Swamp Palace, killing the boss, and then deciding based on the amount of items you have left over or not, whether you want to go back in and do left side Swamp or uh, leave them be. So, and if that's the case, if you come back, you're not gonna be able to do this glitch because you can't take that stolen key basically and, and use it. So it's because it's in this weird quantum like state, you know, if you're committed to doing full clear Swamp Palace every single time and you have the hook shot, then this is the time to bust this glitch out. It's gonna work great for you. Any situation other than that, it's gonna be kind of questionable whether or not it actually saves you any time or not. Um, so that was kind of a mind blower to me to, to, to learn that. Um, but any other thoughts about this particular glitch and application that you think is worth kind of educating folks on? Well, honestly, it, it Tim, uh, I'm sorry, Kern did go into detail, like you said, mm-hmm. as far as educating, uh, the wiki thing we're going to link with all these is the best way to, you know, learn it. It has the exact coordinates you need. And you'll need the practice hack, obviously, to see these coordinates. Um, but there's multiple setups, and it, this is one of those glitches where, like, for me to teach Temp earlier, I had to, you know, boot up a stream. 
I'll say that I don't really think there's a a surefire way to uh, like it, it, it's going to be one of those things that's really hard to, to like describe over yeah. voice. And and I think so. We're going to talk about the second application of it, and it is a lot more useful. And then maybe we'll we'll try to piece our way through the actual execution of it. But the cool thing about this glitch about Diver Down is that the execution. Even though it's used in two different places, you pretty much do the exact same thing in both places to make the glitch work. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly with the bomb setup, a little less so with the Samaria, but I recommend the bomb setup personally anyway because you're going to always have bombs. You're, you're way more likely to have bombs than Samaria, um, even though you do have the risk of you know hitting yourself if you mess it up a couple times and losing some hearts. Um, it is a little more reliable, I think. So I, I, I would officially recommend the bomb setup for both of these, certainly the second one. Um, so with that, uh, yeah, the second one, um, this is going to solve the problem where normally you have to, once you use the hook shot to get past the big key chest and you're kind of on your way to Argus, you have to go over and do all that statue stuff and go around and it's kind of a pain. Instead, you're going to go to the right and go through the open door there. That's going to take you straight down to the room with two submerged chests. So this is where we're going to do our diver down so that we can walk onto the water. Open those two chests if you want to or you know, if you're in go mode, just dash straight out um, and then go to Argus. So um, the way that you do this, you want to set yourself up in a specific place on a specific pixel. And again, you know, check the description. We'll show you some GIFs that show you exactly where. But um, you, um, we'll, we'll do the bomb one here, just for like I, you know, for reasons I've already mentioned. You want to place the bomb to your left, jump into the water while you're in midair. Uh, before you hit the water, you want to be holding down and right at the same time. Uh, and then once you hit the water, you want to start holding right. Um, is that correct, Dante, or is that too early to hold right? Um, as you hit the water, you want to release down right into basically just release down. So you're only holding right. There you um, go. Yeah, that's it. And that was the thing I was messing up too, is I was, I was holding the directions too early and it was not, it, it didn't work once. But as soon as Dante explained the timing of when to hold those buttons, um, it clicked for me and it made a lot of sense. So once you jump back out of the water, the bomb will blow up, uh, the bomb will blow up. It'll knock you kind of into the wall next to it if it does it correctly. All you have to do is hold up, which will make you jump down into the pit and you'll be walking on the water. Um, so that's Diver Down. It saves you quite a few screens um, to be able to do that and uh, costs very little to have to do. Again, either just Samaria or bombs. And uh, check check the link in the description for you know details on how to pull that off. But in terms of when to do this versus when not to, um, I can't really see a lot of reason to ever go back to doing it the old way. I think this is going to be pretty much how you do Swamp now. Would yeah. you guys agree or disagree with that assessment? I agree with that. Um, I do want to clarify one thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, when when you do that downright movement and you hold right, uh, it, it Link is going to, while you're holding right, you don't have to keep holding downright to make him come out. You want to let go. And he's going to, like, while you're holding right, the momentum of holding down on that initial splash, or the, the downright, rather, is going to let him come out. So that's that's one thing to keep in mm -hmm. mind. Um, yeah, you're setting up, like, the way he's going to go when he gets motion. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, so that's why you hold down and right. But then once you actually have the motion, that's when you want to make sure that you're holding right so that you sort of walk into the wall as soon as you jump out. The other thing I'd really like to clarify is, you know, it, it does appear like you were saying Link is walking on the water. He's actually walking under it. 
Um, oh, okay. And it's it's a weird way the layers work. And that's why you're able to, in the back of Swamp, open those chests and pick the pots up or in the left side of Swamp get that key. You're technically jumping down to the floor. And you're not blue like the water, but instead of swimming in it, you will be walking under it. And that's how you're able to walk through the doors, open the chests, pick the pots up. Um, it's it's a weird caveat, but... but to the, to the naked eye, yeah, you're walking on the water, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the implications of this glitch now that we've covered how to do it. This is another one where, uh, certainly less than Icebreaker, but people have been saying, you know, questioning whether or not they are loving the idea of including this glitch. And the main reasons I've heard for this is, again, sort of a barrier of entry because it does look kind of difficult. Um, I certainly was starting to think that because I practice it for about 10 or 15 minutes and until Dancy helped me out and corrected me I was I was starting to like get kind of frustrated and you know be sort of on on their side with that one um the other thing is it again is just kind of like it looks pretty glitchy you know the the eyeball test you were talking about mm-hmm. and you'll notice when you walk out of this room um the like uh uh, translucent the layer or whatever is is still on so like the walls look kind of weird after this it kind of messes with the game state a little bit which is another sort of red flag a, a little bit i think when assessing these glitches and minor versus major you know if it changes the world state um but again you know racing council voted on this and and you know they said to allow it um and that's that's what we're gonna start doing. Yeah, what do you guys think? Was Dancy? Do you feel like this was an easier decision for you than than Icebreaker was, or harder? This was harder because I, really? I I did vote no on this. In the main, this sounds bad. The main reasoning was that eye test. I I don't like doing the the water thing. There was a little bit of execution. I, I would have been more inclined to allow this myself personally in my own vote before icebreaker because the only real execution this takes out is maybe how fast you can push that statue, grab the pot and get back over. It's not mm-hmm. as much of an execution gap. Um, I, I was still thinking maybe not, maybe we don't want to do this. There could be some other instances. We use something like this with the rail clips. Uh, you know, the bomb setup doesn't really require you. I mean, it does require you to go into the the wall or the water but uh we could start seeing some weird you know we've kind of tried to think this through but we could see some interesting clips as far as um you know rails and stuff but Mm -hmm. i think this is the only real beneficial one so yeah i I think it's i think it's safe that we've got this in there i don't think it's too big of a deal but you know a whole lot of glitches right now you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, there certainly is a lot of them yeah, and that's that's. I mean, we're taking a whole episode to talk about them because it really has been on the forefront of most people's you know rando experience. Mm-hmm. Um, to to wrap it back to what we were talking about before with risk, um, I think this one is interesting in that the first application of diver down uh, again with the left side swamp. You know, there is kind of a lot of risk there because you're committing to checking left side early versus not checking it at all. And this second part, there's really no risk at all. Um, so I wonder if maybe, you know, that first part of the risk had maybe anything to do with anyone's decision on the council in terms of how comfortable they felt with allowing this one. Um, for, I, I guess for me, that's sort of an important one is the risk. Cause one of the funnest things about this game is 
the way it makes you think about how you want to assess risk and gamble on certain outcomes and predict, you know, what's going to work the best. And um, when when you talk about some of these glitches that are just execution based only, that's where it starts to get a little daunting to be adding a lot of these and asking new players to learn those as opposed to the ones that come with like a little bit of a caveat like yeah you can learn it and do it but it might mess you up you know um that to me i think if i were on the council that would probably be like my main consideration with a lot of these glitches is the risk um you know how how it changes the meta and the gameplay and your thought process going into it and I, I like the idea of there being glitches that, you know, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you should do it because it might not be the right thing to do here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so, sure. There's a whole lot of things that I want to say. All right. <laughs> Go for it. Go All ahead, right. man. Um, let's, uh, where do I start? Let me think so I don't forget anything. First, I want to start by saying that I don't really like the eye test. I think the eye test is BS if you don't mind my French, because that's an extremely subjective test. For some people it might look weird, for other people it doesn't look weird. Like for me, Diver Down doesn't, you know, it passes my eye test 100% because it looks like any other water walk. So why does it matter now, you know? I, I feel like that's a bad thing to base anything on. Uh, secondly, I, I feel like Diver Down isn't so bad because from what little I know about it, admittedly, I'm, I'm mainly talking from kind of an ignorance standpoint, I'll admit. But um, for me, it looks like all it does is save you time, which, you know, sounds kind of weird because I understand the point of all the glitches that we do is mostly to save us time. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, ignoring the flooded key and left side scenario, uh, it, it seems like all you're doing is, you know, skipping that, as you were saying, you know, pushing the statue, walking down the stairs, pushing the lever, and then walking another two screen transitions till you're finally there. Doesn't seem that awful to me. I feel like uh, the icebreaker one is much more, has much more impact, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's about that. And then about what you just said, Tim, I completely agree. And as I was alluding to earlier, I feel like, you know, the more glitches you allow in a game, the harder it's going to be for newer people to get into it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I kind of see it from the point of view of any other competitive game. Like, I used to play a lot of StarCraft 2, as I said on this podcast many times, mm-hmm. and take that or any fighting game or any other game that's being played competitively at a higher level, and usually the balance is kind of centered around the extremely high level of play, and everyone just kind of, everyone else, you know, like my scrubby bronze self or whatever it might be <laughs> where you're playing... Uh, we just have to deal with it, you know, if they nerf a unit or if they introduce something new or whatever that balances out the top level play and you just get destroyed by it on the ladder, you either have to deal with it or you have to quit the game. Which, you know, it sounds very harsh and that's not really a, a standpoint I fully support because I feel like accessibility to new players is a very important part of the longevity of a game. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a top rando player... 
you're just going to have to hunker down and learn all of that. And if you want to be competitive or if you want to race competitively with quote-unquote strangers and not just your group of friends where you're totally free to make up your own rules, then you'll have to weigh the risks of, you know, do I want to learn this and maybe, you know, not lose by five minutes or do I risk not learning this and I might still win. It's random after all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I- that's a good point. I, I do feel like um, ho- hopefully people are getting this, that you don't have to learn any of these glitches and you can mm-hmm. still be mm-hmm. competitive. You can still be a force within the community uh, to be reckoned with without learning all of these. I think you'll find if you are really into figuring out routing and working on the normal type of execution stuff like boss, you know, boss execution and stuff like that, you will get to a point where you will just know it's time to learn these and you'll want to learn them because everything else is getting so good. Yeah, it's kind of a natural process, I would say. After you reach a certain skill level of execution and routing and you kind of know what you're doing in the game, I've seen a lot of people get like this itch, you know? They're like, oh man, okay, I've done everything I can, sort of, so now I want to learn more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's... Which just kind of ends up naturally happening, and I think that's that's the best way to go about it. Instead of feeling like I'm not going to try until I have a thorough understanding of this glitch and that glitch, and killing this boss with this quick kill, and like no, like that that all will come with time. You just first thing is just getting in there, you know. For sure, and so. one thing Herf mentioned that is a really interesting thing, um, and I, I made sure I could say this. Because it hasn't been fully announced yet, we're we're finishing it up. Um, Herf mentioned accessibility, and what we're looking at is not you know a lot of people say this isn't no, this that's a major glitch. You walk through a wall. Well, we're not you know for for lack of better phrasing, we're not no major glitches. You know, like that's we're we're rando. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. We were built kind of off of no major glitches, and now we're kind of our own thing. Um, yeah. But we there's going to be an announcement for this soon. Uh, there are a group of people that have kind of come up with an idea that we're taking an outline from. There's going to be a new category called accessible soon. Um, the accessible will basically only allow certain glitches. There was, there's been a tournament. I don't know who ran said tournament. I know uh, people in the community like Verts and the Daddy Gamers were in this yeah. tournament where mm-hmm. like not even bomb jumps were allowed. Uh, we're not really looking maybe going that far uh, as the bomb jumps, but we're looking at having an accessible rule set where when you can, you know, if you ping for races, you could ping for accessible. And then it does sound complicated in a way where you've got a different rule set on glitches, but I think if you're involved enough, you know, you'll, I think it'll, it'll come around as far as a, we, we kind of want to do that to see if people would play that more. Um, because we don't want to brand as rando, no major glitches. We want to be like, there's competitive rando and what's allowed in like main, ter- like we'll call the main tournament or like the big tournaments. And then there's, instead of a tournament having to draft up their own, say, you know, potential outline of rules, they could just say, let's use the accessible rule set. This is what the accessible rule set says. Um, it can cause yeah. a little bit of confusion, I think, initially, like I was saying. But if we, if we have this, I, I, one thing is like we want to see how popular it is. And if it's popular then shoot, 
I mean, we can run tournaments on it, you know, like like big mm-hmm. tournaments on it, is my opinion. Yeah. So there's multiple rule sets I think would be good, and it, it'll add more flavor in a way to, you know, better than just saying like, uh, you know, I know we worded the, with the sprites at one point a recolor of Link. You know, we've got a lot of those, but this this adds, I think, a little more depth than just a recolor of Link, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I, I like to hear that um, that's being worked on. I think I like knowing that if there are new players, like telling them, like, roll yourself an accessible seed. Um, that's a great place to well, start and then slowly, you know, getting into other things. Accessible would just be not the, the seed rolling. It would be... Um, the rule set it would be the rule set you play oh, under. okay so like i, I kind of wish it was a you know like a, a official alttpr product in a way well if know? it was it's that's the thing all of these are the logic is based on no glitches uh-huh. so it doesn't ever you know if you're a brand new player and you roll up a seed you can do it your own way with no glitching no, no water walking. We don't expect you to learn bomb jumps. We don't expect you to learn, you know, uh, water walking or fake flippering, any of that stuff to complete a seed. That's one of the great mm-hmm. things with ALTTPR is, like, it's just very, you know, I- accessible. But for the competitive yeah. side, obviously, this is this is where we are now. And having an accessible tag, I think, for races is a good thing, too. So... That way people know what to do or what's allowed in their races. Good. Awesome. All right. We got to wrap this up. Um, Dante, Samaria Bounce. What is it? Why why should we care about (laughs) it? Why should we ignore it? Swag. Um, Samaria Bounce is um, some slight ancilla slot manipulation. Basically, the only time I can think this is useful is if you get locked in the Crystal Roller Room in Turtle Rock and you don't have the boots to punt the block, and maybe you don't have the mirror, and then you're stuck, so you'd have to save and quit, and you don't want to do that. Or, you know, use a bunch of bombs and, you know, take a death. So what you would do is you would set a Samaria block down, and you would detonate the block in place uh, while the four... uh, Just, you know, drop it, detonate it. While the four projectiles are still on the screen, you want to place another block. So while they're still on the screen, you want to place another one. Uh, at that point, you have to menu to the lamp, and you pick up the block, and you throw it to the right inside Crystal Roller Room, and while you throw it, you quickly use the lamp while it's on the ground, and it'll start to bounce in a weird way. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense to me, but like I said, it's a good fallback to get you out of Crystal Roller Room. It's not a time save at all like zero percent time save here it unless unless you just don't know how to get out of here it's more of a covering your butt in case you screw up so yeah i think that was almost unanimous if it wasn't unanimous i can't remember the votes off the top of my head but we know all of us voted for that because it's it's kind of more of a swag thing yeah how did this glitch even come up to be considered i don't remember Honestly, it, it was brought up because we had so many Ancilla things happening. And okay. some people yeah. were asking, is that even legal? Because it's technically Ancilla manipulation. And then we deemed it this way just because there's low risk of accidentally screwing up your Ancilla slots to the point. It's kind of like the fake flipper one. There's very little risk of screwing it up where you're going to like EG and do some weird stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
it, it's it's swag. It's almost it's almost useless. Go read the wiki page on it. It's pretty small. Um, yeah, that's it. It's very niche. Yeah, I assume this was voted on also just for completion's sake because you yes. just know there was going to be someone who would bring <laughs> it up if it wasn't voted on, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's for fair. sure. Cool. Okay, well, I hope that was helpful to you, that kind of, uh, you know, just overview of all the glitches and give you an idea, you know, taking the temperature, kind of where the community is at. If you feel one way about it, hopefully you're hearing the other side and considering that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, you know, I'm sure probably continuing this conversation in the Go Mode Podcast Discord and ALTTPR discords all across the Internet. Um, so with that, let's, uh, let's move on to our final portion. Let's do some fetch questions. Yay. All right. So we have two this time. These are both actually holdovers from last time. Um, our first fetch question, I think came to us from the, uh, questions channel of our discord. And it's from Arusta who asks, have you guys ever done an episode on Enemizer? Would probably be an interesting topic to delve into a little, especially with it being like part of at least one or maybe two weeks of the league. So that was from Arusta. Thank you for the question. Um, that The Enemizer was this last week, so we sort of missed our chance for it <laughs> if we were going to do it um, this time. But um, I actually ran a couple of Enemizers. We did um, uh, the one... Uh, we the one that I did for the multi world I was mystery and I mm-hmm. set it to like I set the weights pretty high for animizer and it came out that way and then I did another animizer just with some friends uh, a couple weeks ago so I've done a few now and after doing a few I'd have to say I think if we did an episode about it we wouldn't have very much to talk about yeah that's what I was gonna say I I'm not against doing like maybe a segment on it or yeah. something but essentially it's just enemies are randomized and sometimes you slash a bush and a massive turtle rock roller comes rolling you over doing 12 hearts of damage and that's that yeah now not to say you shouldn't play animizer because i think you should i just don't know that there's much for us to to tell you about it i I think one of the cool things about animizer is that it really forces you to have to stay on your toes and get creative with certain rooms Mm -hmm. and that's sort of the point of it you know it's like we can't really tell you a lot of that because there are countless different combinations of rooms and enemies that could come up yeah um you know so it's really just on you to just think fast and and try to be as good with as many different weapons as you can the only other thing that really changes is you know if you have boss enemizer on obviously the logic for being able to collect certain crystals is going to change um, but I mean, you, you're smart enough to figure that out on your own. You know, you know all the boss logic stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I think um, the boss shuffle might be the most interesting point to dive into, and even that doesn't give you a whole lot. It might change the requirements that the, you have for that dungeon. Yeah, um, it is interesting. One one thing to say: uh, if you have chaos boss and shuffle on, any boss can appear anywhere. There's no number limit or anything. If you have it on regular. All the bosses are shuffled around, and there will be two of three of the bosses um, as kind of a um, reflection of there being, you know, two of each of the Light World bosses. Um, three of the bosses will be marked to show up twice. Um, but yeah, and it changes the requirements for different things. But other than that, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know. Get in there and have mm-hmm. fun. So cool. All right. Um, Dancy, any thoughts on that one? Animizer? Animizer. Is fun. It's hard sometimes, but it's fun. Like yeah, 
there's the the biggest i mean like you said it'd be really short to talk about we could honestly piece together an episode about it based off old audio clips um and I, i'd actually love to hear it because it would be different context different inflection but we just you know <laughs> you could listen to aries episodes uh where he was a guest about the bosses and get all mm-hmm. your stuff and then the best way I, I saw Enemizer described was uh, Sailor Nep told someone, basically the gist of Enemizer is f- make your way to a boss room, see it's a boss you can't kill, save and quit, take a death or mirror out, and then repeat until you can kill all the bosses. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, because you have no way of knowing until you get there. Yes. So, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So let's move on to our next question. Uh, this next one is from Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament Champion Bum Rush Blitz. So of course we got to read this one. Uh, Bum Rush Blitz says, "Hey guys, so as we all know, it's hard to always find time in between work and life to be able to race others, whether it's on SRL or just a friendly race against friends." I'm looking at you, Herfy. That was in the email, by the way. Just to clarify, that was not me taking a jab at her. It was BRB. <laughs> calling you out uh going on with the email says i've been pretty good about running a seed when i can but you can't always find the right time to race against someone else however there's something about the stress of racing someone else especially in a tournament like setting that's good to get used to for when the serious matches come up tldr are there any odd ways any of you practice racing to get used to the stress of attorney styled race other than simply running the seed Me and my brother have a game where we eat hot sauces after a set amount of time, usually 10 minutes, at scaling heat. So when it starts to uh, when it starts getting to the more difficult parts of the seed at the end, you have to be very focused and push through the (laughs) pain. I love that. Um, And then P.S. In the last episode, you were asking if Hobo had a name. And in the small town I'm from, there's a homeless guy who, in fact, lived under a bridge named Buzz. So that's the name I've given to him. Love to hear you guys' responses, and that was from Bum Rush Blitz. Okay, so first of all, the hot sauce uh, going on while you play, I love that. That is hilarious. I think that's so funny. Um, I think that's insane. Also, to throw some shade back, I feel like a seed, once you're nearing the end, you're well-equipped, so it actually gets easier. Mm, I'd agree with that. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you just have a reputation as a real curmudgeon, you know, so anytime someone says something... Uh, positive uh-huh. they they, f- they feel like they need to uh, defend themselves against your your uh, <laughs> comments that's not true <laughs> <laughs> yeah um have you guys ever done anything to simulate pressure the kind of pressure that you get from like a a tournament or league race before dante it seems like something you maybe have have something in place for i oh man i i race people like offline a lot um, yeah. A lot of times, like, for instance, uh, if I know, and I, I don't know a lot of people like this, but if I know how a runner is routing, if I'm running a practice seed, I would think of my options and stress over potentially while I'm playing it what my opponent may or may not do. And that's kind of like the mental game you're going to deal with when you race because you're thinking about your opponent even when you're trying to not. Um, a lot of people have that tendency. I know I do. So that's why I practice it. Um, I just try to think about the best way I can, you know, where I made mistakes. It makes you think about the God route of the seed, you know, in hindsight and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's it, practicing for a race is hard, except for just doing them. The more tournament races you do, 
the more comfortable you'll be. But I don't think that any particular runner is 100% like stone cold, you know, no problems mentally while racing 1v1 in a tournament just because you know you're you know you want to win if if you're in a tournament you're probably competitive in some way shape or form or looking to get better so you want to win and there's always going to be stress there because you know that your tournament life's on the line so if you can simulate that in some way let me know (laughs) haven't you know (laughs) except being in the tournament that's the only way i know how to do it for sure yeah i would say there's not anything that i do to simulate this for practice, but I will say for tournament races, I do try to make sure that I have everything set up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be a lot more careful about my setup and the like pre routine before racing than I will. If it's just something casual, if it's, if it's casual, I'll like jump in at the last minute and be real sloppy about mm-hmm. it. But if it's a, if it's a tournament race then you know, I'll, I'll be in, you know, 30 minutes before getting everything set up. Maybe I'll open up the practice wrong for five or 10 minutes and try a trick or something. Um, so I, I go in a lot more prepared for those than I would other races. And I, I think, you know, I don't, I can't really say if that's helped or hurt or whatever. Cause you know, my, it, it's hard to simulate that kind of thing, you know, but um, for sure, you know, maybe that, yeah, maybe we can try to find something to put the pressure on one of us one time to, to kind of try to elevate, um, you know, uh, the way that we act under pressure, I guess, is kind of what we're looking at, right? So mm-hmm. that's interesting. It's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope this has been uh, an enjoyable one for you. If you would like to join in in the conversation, uh, you can do so by joining our Discord that we talk about all the time. It's very active. We love all the folks there. Uh, there's a link to that in the description. Um, if you want to join up there, you can chat with us, talk about the episode. Um, we're also on Twitter at GoModePodcast if you want to tweet with us. Um, another thing we try to do occasionally is you know, retweet people who are talking about randomizers. So if you're someone who tweets about it a lot, uh, you know, definitely tag us in some posts. We'd love to signal boost you. Um, you can email us. You can uh, see us on YouTube. We're on Twitch. I think that's pretty much all of them. Um, I did want to say uh, a big shout out. We 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 got a new iTunes review, uh, and I also noticed we got a review back last October that I missed, and I realized the reason is um, the one that we got recently was from someone in the UK, and the one we got before was someone in Spain. So I think if it's an international review, it doesn't pop into like my iTunes app or whatever, or the podcast app on Apple. Uh, but I did happen to see it in like a email that I get that has reviews occasionally. So um, thank you very much to Saws Saws Saws. That's S O Z three times. It's kind of a mouthful. Saws Saws Saws. Thank you for the review. It really helps us out, um, which was the title of your review, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and also a retroactive thank you to Matt Cap for leaving this, that review. Um, actually, it was last November, it looks like. Uh, so thank you very much to you guys. And if you enjoy the show and you want to leave us a review, um, you know, like Saz said, it really helps us out. So uh, we'd, we'd, love to, uh, we'd love to read your review of our show if you're willing to leave one for us. Um, with that, I think we're all finished. Um, if you want to watch me play, you can do that. Twitch.tv slash temp underscore Dancy. What's yours? I forgot. I forgot to, uh, ah, crap. twitch.tv Dancy <laughs> slash Dancy okay. with three A's. 
seven. And then Herf, Se- I it's now Herf's... 72 A's. Oh, 70. Okay, 72 A's there. And oh. then Herf, yours is Herfy Durfy, and there's like 17 or 18 U's. Yeah, my Twitch channel is actually twitch.tv slash I ate your pie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll check you out there. That sounds good. Cool. Um, okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, and we, uh, Dante, of course, um, his wife is very, very close to giving birth to a baby. So we're recording um, this the day before the due date, but yeah, it's probably going to be like, we're, we're hoping it's going to be as this episode's coming out that like, I'm going to be being like, all right, come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're very fortunate that we were able to uh get you in on this episode and of course best of luck to you and your wife and uh we we look forward to hearing of the joys of fatherhood when you return home thanks i apologize um, to her for being here because i know my ramblings have made this episode quite a long one <laughs> no, oh man <laughs> no the fans love it we, we, we gotta we give them a good content time, right yeah, yeah we i mean we're, we're we're sitting here you know each in our respective places so uh yeah it's a uh, always fun to feel like you're hanging out right exactly and um you know we we have recorded another episode for you i just have to edit it down um but uh we're all set for you know when he's when he's uh gonna be out on paternity leave so um the listeners don't have to worry about missing dancy's voice because we'll we'll have that covered for you in the next episode so um thank you all so much for listening and uh as always let's go ahead and mirror out Thank you.